0: male versus the female gaze it's Mm -hmm. anything that you think is oh i created this with the art can be looked at that's raunchy and pornographic Mm -hmm. just depending upon who looks at it right so just take the photo however the fuck you want to take it yeah you know because you can't decide how everybody else perceives it per se Mm -hmm. you know so it's like photos gonna come out the way anyone thinks but also like fuck whoever thinks that
1: Welcome back to Open Late Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Spandiari, and today we are bringing you that new series, Asking for a Friend. I thought, who better to bring on the show than the founder of Cakes by Alexis, but it's also me. aka my former assistant. And was that your first, like, kind of? No, you, there was one
0: over? There was one before yeah. you,
1: Leola, but she wasn't like a full-time, like, yes. salary... Yeah, so you were here with us and then left to launch your business. But while you were here, we became really good friends. Yes. There there really weren't boundaries. Right. It was not the best... It wouldn't fly in like the non monogamy, polyamory, boundary heavy. (laughs) There was no conversation around.
0: Well, I have plenty of boundaries, but you wanted to make me family, which I'd never really experienced in like a workplace setting because I'm very like professional. Like, Mm -hmm. I come in, I do my job, and I leave. I don't like to like linger, especially because. I've never had a boss that I like really liked or cared mm-hmm. for, except for Lee. Um, but um, that, Lee. But he was never really around when right. I like worked at Spray La Vie. I was never like, you know, he wasn't like my, my right. p- direct boss. But yeah, so it was just an interesting um, dynamic for me, but one that I like was like, I I love this. I enjoy this. Like, yeah. sure, why not?
1: Also, for me, I feel like welcome you welcoming you into our home. And, like, being part of the family was something that I just also defaulted to because I was learning how to have help. Like, I was learning how yeah. to, like have an assistant. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't know how to do it very well, if you remember. Um, well, we were both and, learning. And yeah.
0: I'm, like, a, kind of the perfect person to be a kind of guinea pig on, if you will, because mm-hmm. I'm very – whatever you give me, I'm going to give back to you. Right. Um, so, like, if you want to be really professional, then that's that. If you want to be a little bit more, like – you know, family, like I will lean into that. Yeah. Like I kind of lean into whatever's thrown at me. So it was, it was nice to be able to like, we
1: want to be like twerking yes. in front of a mantle midday dance break. We yes. can do that. Wait, was that while you were here or after? No, that
0: was, we definitely would take like dance breaks. Yeah. And I, at first, because I, well, So it was twenty what twenty seventeen when I came, I think so. Mm -hmm. And then when I left in twenty nineteen, I was like a very different person because at twenty seventeen it was like I was like getting sober, I was like not like drinking, and I still don't drink now just by Mm -hmm. choice. Um, But it was like a very turning point in my life where like I wasn't so much aware of my mental health and how that affected your daily things, and you being so um, into meditation and into healing and into Mm. that. I was like not the same person afterwards because I was just so much, so much lighter, so Mm. much uh, not as like rougher on the edges and just kind of like soft. And now I'm like really in my soft girl era, just kind of like embracing, just embrace femininity Mm -hmm. and vulnerability and everything. But I could not have said that in 2017. I'm like, what Mm. is what is vulnerability like?
1: I love That's that. Okay. I mean, I guess it helps that when, you know, you come into this house, whether it's like in a working environment, relationship, or friendship, or whatever, I'm automatically like, how can we help you grow? Yes. <laughs> like, here, take this course that I, come on this retreat with me, which you came on the very first retreat that Lauren and I ever led in yeah. Joshua Tree.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you did all the food for it. Oh, well, you did uh, well, some of the food for it. I did it. actually Leah did. I brought like one vegan like omelette right. dish, and
0: then I did the, the desserts for it as well. Yeah. And then my best friend Cindy, she did all of the what? hair, and then I did I ended up just doing everybody's makeup because Right. That's, for the
1: photo you know, shoots. That's 2016 what we
0: do. influencer uh, upbringing. Like that's when the makeup era was like coming into like everybody yes. wanted to be a beauty influencer. So I was like, I know how to do someone's makeup. This Quick.
1: is so funny, you saying that, you know working here, maybe influence a little bit of you evolving and like, you know, stepping more into your femininity, embracing it, allowing Mm. all that softness. And I feel like you changed me as a person (laughs) in a lot of really beneficial ways though, because I feel like a, the makeup, I did not even own makeup really before. I remember
0: getting like your whole collection, like highlight, bronzer, yeah. concealer, like you're like as long as it's vegan, cruelty free, like get it for me. Right, you was, like, like the only thing. hooked
1: it up. You yeah. were like, no, this mascara. I still use the Cush mascara sometimes, which I think you got. I for me do
0: once. not like that one. So <gasps> it was a different one. It um, it for me, it g- like gives me um. You get a it little, runs. Yeah, I don't know why it's the only one that's run. But I remember I did use it, and I gave it to you, and you really
1: like. Okay. It. Well, now I use. My new assistant actually got me the Dior stuff, and she's like, waited. "This is the best." So I'll have to find what that is. But I mean, truthfully, you helped me step into my hot girl era before I knew it was happening.
0: Before anybody knew what a hot girl yeah. era was, which is why I dressed
1: up for you today. Yes, with
0: the tennis <laughs> necklace and the corset. Usually, uh, well, I don't know. Now I'm a bit more like hairs in a clip mm. like kind of gym cozy casual but like cute mm-hmm. but like now with the makeup like I I love it and and before I feel like makeup was like um not like a mask but it was kind of something to like hide a little bit of blemishes rather than mm. like really using it to just enhance
1: right and so now I'm
0: like makeup to the gym of course really why not oh yeah oh, I can't oh and I follow um Whitney Simmons who is like an amazing like fitness influencer and she was like, I just couldn't get myself to go to the gym. Like, prior, like, two months ago, I just I couldn't. I, like, had gone with a trainer mm-hmm.
1: and he was
0: so intense and so rigid on my food and it just didn't work for me that I literally, like, say mm-hmm. I had, like, gym PTSD. Mm-hmm. So now that I'm back, it, she was like, Oh, we're gonna dress, you know, cute and we're gonna, like, layer oh, and, and we're gonna have a cute gym go. bag and helps me go. Mm-hmm. And it's not every day that I mm-hmm. wear makeup. It's just like that, that helped me to get into my confidence, like, yes. and kind of, like, be a gym girl and, like, excited to go.
1: Well, let's talk about this a little bit because I think one of the things we wanted to discuss was hot girl era. Hot girl girl summer kicks into hot girl era. I mean, I think you introduced me to Megan Stallion. Like, I didn't even know who she Uh, was. my queen. I know. I listened to her getting ready for this today. Okay. You're channeling Alexis. You're channeling it. I'm (laughs) a method actor, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So what we're kind of talking about already is I think – Owning your confidence, right? Mm -hmm. Building that like internal self-esteem as a woman and using tools, whatever it is to like help you feel it so that you can kind of go out into the world and be it. So if Mm -hmm. you want to put on makeup to go to the gym or if it like helps give you motivation to put on a cute outfit, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, it's like at the end of the day, self-expression. Right. And I lacked a lot of that because I think like around the time that you started too, I was really in a place of, like, oh, I'd like to mute myself. Because I was still in that good girl. You used to wear, like, the
0: hats and the leggings and you had shorter hair. and You were very, like, a bit more reserved. Mm -hmm. From what, like, the first time I met you. That's why I was like, okay.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't really me. Like, it wasn't not me, but it was also this version of me that was like, oh, don't be too big. Don't overshadow anybody. Mm. And I think just, Mm. like, growing up in a society or culture that was like oh don't take up too much space right right especially as a woman embracing your sexuality was very taboo I mean it still is it's it still is it's not quite as taboo
0: as like 20 I don't know I guess before 2020 I think mm-hmm. I, I think after 2020 a lot of things change obviously in our world but also just like within women and like how you represent and show yourself to the world
1: mm-hmm. um
0: i think through social media especially and like podcasts like these like have really allowed people to like grow into who they actually are yeah why do you
1: think it? why do you think that is with like social media and podcasts how are they so influential i think because like
0: in i don't know like 2015 2016 if you were like recording yourself or like you know, doing whatever, people are like, oh, that's so cringy, or oh, you're trying to be an influence, like, mm. all these things that people do still say, and people do, like, people might find me cringy, people might find, like, influencers that are, like, like doing, you know, fitness routines and all that stuff cringy, but, like, uh, th- there's this big thing going around on TikTok, where it's, like, this is the year of cringe, and we're gonna embrace it, mm. because being cringy, I feel like, in my head, if you think, like, oh, that's so cringy, is directly tied into something in you that you are embarrassed of that you're seeing in that other person, and 100%. so... Um, it, that's why people are saying, like, this is a year to embrace it. But with social media giving you an outlet to kind of, like, be yourself or express yourself or, like, use it in a way to help somebody else rather than just, like, this is my avocado toast and what I ate for breakfast. Like, we're not as interested in a society, I feel like, in things that are not with even just a little bit of substance. Like, you mm-hmm. have to have a little bit of substance in order to – there's just there's just too much information, and like tiktok specifically which i told a lot of people that weren't on tiktok like in 2020 like get on it
1: you've been telling me like like do it
0: and um i knew that it was going to be a platform that was going to grow into be being like education like Mm -hmm. being educational and a lot of the content that does well and goes viral is educational content whether that be like this is how i you know organize my fridge Mm -hmm. or this is my open relationship and this is what it looks like uh, we're not as interested in like just little tidbits of information that aren't useful anymore. Right. And so I feel like with that, it's allowed people to kind of share who they are, and whatever niche group of people mm-hmm. like that will gravitate towards you. Right. And whoever doesn't, like, doesn't. Whatever their
1: expertise is. Exactly. Becomes, yeah. With their personality. Yes. I do feel like what you're talking about too is us seeing society move from this, like, Highly polished, highly produced mm-hmm. or edited. The Instagram era. Right.
0: The only post what looks good on my feed. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and like television, right? Television yeah. and movies, everything is so curated, which l- we still love that, of course, of course. because it's entertainment. Mm-hmm. But what we've moved to is like seeing, to, <laughs> what, <we've moved laughs> to what we moved to, Well, we moved towards, like, I guess. Towards, yeah. yeah, is seeing people like in their homes. In their regular clothes. Yes. Like, and uh, obviously the pandemic probably had a lot to do with that, where it's like, okay, people can't leave their homes. So now your living room is your set exactly, or your kitchen is your set. And people had to also get really creative with income. Right. Mm -hmm. And also like the Dawn of OnlyFans, we've seen so much, I think power and resources and obviously abundance of money come back to women or not even back but maybe for the first time for the first time yeah in generation being able to capitalize on that where like you really have the ability to own whatever it is your brand whatever you're putting out whatever you're selling without having a middleman generally everyone's their own
0: boss yeah that's nobody wants to work for anybody like it that's kind of like the main thing I see is everybody wants to be their own boss, and however that looks like for you, and however you're trying to attain that, is yeah, the way people are leaning into it. That
1: guess. just made me giggle because <laughs> like before we had flight, we were talking about how you can never be an assistant; like you're just not made to. No, do I was, and it served
0: me really well. But like now, like owning my own business and being and not really working for anybody, like the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been, it's, yeah, it would be challenging if I had to go back into the workforce. But um, touching briefly on what you said about like social media, I feel like a lot of um, the content that is more organic and more real, like, is coming about too. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever heard of this, but there, you know, there's like the corporate baddie, like the, the girl that works nine to five and she like loves her job and she's like doing it and she just like works a corporate job. But there's also like the corporate saddie, like someone who yeah. hates their job yeah. and is like working mm-hmm. nine to five and is like sharing that experience. Like mm-hmm. I, I, just the honesty and the truth and like, is just very empowering. I, think I
1: now. love that. No, I've never heard of this. Yeah. Corporate saddie. Corporate saddie. That's who I would be if I had to get a corporate job. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally, I'm just doing this so I can go buy my fancy lip
0: gloss, like, and you know, <laughs> live the life I want to live. But you know,
1: oh man. Well, one of the things that you brought up to me that I think is interesting, relating from this bad girl era into relationships, mm-hmm. is like how it's affecting relationships with whatever dynamic where you have women that are feeling really empowered, yeah, that are able to own their sexuality and that just don't want to settle for anything less than what they get from themselves, what they get from their friends. Oh yeah. Because we've also moved into this like space where women are just celebrating women constantly. Yes. I mean, you mentioned it earlier, when we have judgments of others, it's just a reflection of like what's happening inside. And I think so many women are kind of waking up and doing the healing work, so there's not as much, I think, jealousy being right. projected because it's like, oh, I'm enough on my own And we're very different, and there's no competition. It's the abundance mindset. Myself, yeah. So you're seeing like all these really powerful friendships, women celebrating women, and I think when we like eliminate that competition, or at least lessen it, that's inherent. The like kind of drive to like get a man or keep a man Mm -hmm. or whatever it is is way less. Coupled with the fact that like. I maybe don't need you anymore right but whether it's a man or a woman your partner whatever in between whoever it is yeah it's like I could pay my own bills and take myself to dinner and mm-hmm. buy myself jewelry so I think women have really raised their standards
0: yes I will say though we are very fortunate in the circles that we run in specifically like I think that there is still so much more work that needs to yeah. be done just like all around the world like I mean, the U.S. specifically, like, just our mental health, you know, crisis mm-hmm. that we have, like, tied to the healthcare system, which is an entirely other podcast episode.
1: Yes. But, like,
0: um, like I want more for everybody, mm-hmm. and I hope that in, like, 10 years, women are like, you put that woman down? Like, we don't do that anymore. Right. You know, like, I hope we can grow into, like, every, you know, everybody is kind of in line with, with that view. Yes.
1: We, we definitely are kind of always at the leading edge. Yeah. I feel like whether it's, you know, Los Angeles, that's that, that we're talking about, or like, you're right, the friend groups that mm-hmm. we run in. And it is such a good point to make. So we're talking about, like, the culture that we're in and what we see trending on the places we hang out. Like, right. you're really big on TikTok. And I, like, have this love hate relationship with social media but
0: everybody does and then
1: it the feed reflects back to us what we're interested in so what I am seeing is like all that growth and I spent a lot of the last couple years in ceremony so yeah (laughs) but at the same time there is still a long way to go
0: exactly so like if you're hearing this and you're like I
1: wish I had that group of friends or some people like that it's like you you
0: can you just need to be that person first and Mm -hmm. you'll attract those people
1: Yes, you will attract whatever it is you're putting out as you said earlier. And you could be the lighthouse for all of the other women exactly. who are like ready for that level of sisterhood. And if you need help with that, reach out. We can point you into DMs are always open. I always tell people like they
0: come to me for like recipes and business help and stuff and I'm like if you need
1: like a mental health issue, if you have
0: like a lot of stress, you can also come to me for that too. <laughs> like, you know, like
1: yeah. Whatever. You are a great ear. And Thank also you. An amazing, like, I just feel like you make everything funny and more fun. Like, there's so I there's to make a like, levity. Yeah. Yeah. To you and your brand, even, Cakes by Alexis. So... Just feeding the masses sugar. You're the creator of the brownie slab, though, which I know is, like, yes. going away. But I have to comment on it because we've had the brownie slab featured on the show a few times. And we've had birthdays and Pasha and mm-hmm. Lauren's cake last year was your cake. yes. We did, forward. and I just want
0: to say I did not create the brownie slab just to not take credit over yeah. somebody else that did. There was I a there's a company in London,
1: mm.
0: Brownie God, who actually she started it first. Like she was like the one to send it, but she doesn't ship to the U.S. Oh. So I was like, there's a there's a need in the market for this product. Mm. Why don't I try to
1: fill it? She okay. wasn't very happy about it, but whoa, that's well, tea. Well, first of all, <laughs> I love it because this is so authentic. You're like, here's the tea, here's but the tea. also. You are demonstrating what we literally just talked about. You're like, there's no competition here. I'm not going to take credit for something that I didn't start. And here's this other woman who did it. She's like 22 or something. And she's like making
0: a ton of money. Like she has a team of like nine or 10 people that just, this is all she does on Uber and Postmates in the UK. Youngin, making bank. Wow. Selling like hundreds of slobs a day. What? Yeah, I could never. (laughs) Kudos. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just the young entrepreneur woman, like, she doesn't need a man. She can <laughs> pay her own bills.
1: Exactly. You know? This is what we're talking about. Yes. Hot girl era. Hot girl era. Um, yeah, it feels really good, too. I will say it's been mildly uncomfortable for me to, like, own it and to whatever, dress how I want, be more sexy, be more revealing. Wait till you see my new website. <laughs> um, which people are going to be like, you take naked photos with Lauren all around the world, like da-da-da-da. But it's funny. I always have to do it with, like, an element of, like, this is art rather than, like, this is sex. And I want to get comfortable mm. with that, period.
0: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters. And, what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well... Well, it just, I mean, that like leads me into just like the male versus the female gaze. It's Mm -hmm. anything that you think is, oh, I created this to be art can be looked at. That's raunchy and pornographic.
1: Mm -hmm. Just depending
0: upon who looks at it. Right. So just take the photo however the fuck you want to take it. Yeah. You know, because you can't decide how everybody else perceives it per se. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like photos going to come out the way anyone thinks, but also like fuck whoever thinks that. Yeah. You know, there's something wrong with it too.
1: I'm hearing the coaching.
0: <laughs> it's funny because I don't even think of it as that. I just think of it as more of like... Um, I I think turning 30, which I turned in November, solidified everything like leading up to that, which is like I really just stopped giving a shit about what people think about me. Mm-hmm. Like obviously I'm not perfect in that. Like there's always going to be a little bit of like that. Like, oh, but what if... Da-da-da? But for the most part, like... I just – I don't know why or when. I think, like, fake it till you make it. I would just, like, tell myself in the mirror that I was beautiful, even though for a really long time I just didn't think it. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, you're going to think whatever you're going to think regardless. Right. And I don't know when I had, like, a little – I think maybe it was, like, after an ayahuasca ceremony. I
1: was just like – but whatever, you know. Like I was just gonna say, was there? Was, a moment? I think it
0: was like, yeah. I think coming out of the the second one that we did here, which was an all women's one, which was like incredibly powerful, mm-hmm. that I also did with my best friend was just mm-hmm. like, like, why do I care?
1: Yeah. You know, it
0: was very eye opening for me, um, and I like try to portray that and try to like, you know, not be like a guide to my friends, but just by by doing like and people seeing it, you know, eventually they're like yeah like I don't give a shit with that girl or the gym like she gave me a dirty look or the guy on the street you know Mm. um so just being like that example of like
1: I don't give a shit yeah and that's okay it is okay you
0: know because
1: it's always okay it just is yeah too that's the thing we decide everything as you're talking about this it's making me really reflect on why I have so much sort of it's not even self-judgment, but that awareness of like, how is this going to show up? And I think it's because, for a long time, I felt like I had to be a role model. And mm. I, ne- it's this has never dawned on me before this moment. I think whether it's like having younger sisters or sort of being like a ringleader from the time mm-hmm. I was like in high school of like other girls and then growing the mommy into role kind of almost? I have I okay. always have. Yeah, and it's it's so funny because, like, even with, like, my friends now, or, like, Lauren, for example, mm-hmm. she was telling me something the other day, and I, like, sensed that maybe she, like, I don't know, not that she was nervous to tell me, but it was almost like telling mom, you know, and I, I have that energy with people, mm. and...
0: Me running here, being late, being like, she's gonna be so mad at me. I'm Not at like, all. I'm know. gonna get in
1: trouble. I was like, <laughs> I was also running late, so it was perfect. I'm like, I have more free time. Um, but it's funny. The perception that I have is like I'm always on point or whatever. Yeah, the you're always what on. What people have of me. Yeah. And it's something that I'm I feed into, and then it feeds back to me, mm-hmm. making me feel like I'm being watched or like people are looking at me for whatever. And it's like. Wow, that ego must be really exhausted. It,
0: it must be tiring, yeah, to, to feel like you have to be on for everybody.
1: It is, you know. It's one of the reasons that I'm like taking a hard break, yeah, like from the coaching and from from all of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, except for this, <laughs> there's worse. That you're well, doing. you love this. We are not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> there will be a maternity leave, but I will pre-record. <laughs> um, yeah, but so thank you, because I feel like you just helped me kind of land on something. And that is – well, I'm like, that is uh, an identity of myself that I want to break as I'm literally about to become a mom. I don't want to be seen as the group mom anymore. But that's different,
0: though. Like, I have a very group mom presence as well. Mm -hmm. But I have almost, like, the group mom that, like – the mom that had you at, like, 16. And now you're kind of, like, sisters rather Mm -hmm. than, like, a mom. Like – Yeah. So I definitely – Like, I'll have friends that are like, oh, I'm talking to my ex again. I don't want to tell Alexis. Um, That is so mean of my ex. And, like, the only reason you don't want to tell me is because I'm going to tell you that he ain't shit. And, Mm -hmm. you know, but I I try not to. I had a very very long friendship with somebody that, like, is not there anymore. And I realized that a big part of that was me wanting something for that other person. That they just... I I wanted it more for themselves than they wanted it for them. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, that that's not a fun friend to be to somebody. I don't feel like that is somebody who, like, you know, necessarily is the, being the best friend. But also, like, stepping away out of that role and, like, just trying to be, like, an ear, versus you know, versus, right. like, um, giving your opinion. This is also now why, like, when people give me their opinion, I didn't ask for it. I'm like, I have, been, I have spent the last few years trying to, like, not give people my opinions unless called upon. Mm-hmm. Because I just find that it's kind of, like, a boundary that not everybody is going to set with you that you have to enforce yourself. If you're like me, who has a very strong personality, mm. you know? So now a lot of my friends like, well, I still am the mother because a, I don't drink when we go out. So when people get like really turned, I'm like, let's go home. Let's get some pizza. Like, right. It's time to wrap it up. <laughs> um, you know, but also they're kind of like, Oh, they can come to me and talk and no, I'm not going to judge them Or like have fear of, you mm. know, expressing something and, you know, having an open line of communication right. that works both ways yeah you know also I had a very like not meltdown but like I would say in December I was like uh I felt like I was giving so much to people and not getting enough in return mm. and it wasn't that I wasn't getting enough in return it was that I was like giving too much of myself to people yeah and realizing that that was burning me out and I was like getting resentful because I was expecting something from friends that like mm they never asked you to do this or they never asked you to do that. Like you're just right. there. And as I pulled away a little bit from like trying to do more for others and for myself, it's led me into being more happy and being able to just be like comfortable and satisfied with my friends because they're amazing versus yeah. like being like, I did this for you. And you know,
1: mm-hmm. but that's like a subconscious thing. It's not something that I was
0: thinking. That's,
1: that's what happens. Once your cup yeah. starts to get a little less full yeah. and you're kind of like drawing at the bottom you will generally get resentful of the relationships or the work, whatever it is that takes your time because you're like pouring from an empty cup. Exactly. Yeah. But I I, I think everything you're sharing is so self-aware. There's so much good and value that comes out of that dynamic or that role that you play of like being the, the mom in the group or whatever because there's light and dark to everything. So yes. it's like, okay, there are these like really amazing things about it and this relationship is serving me in some way. It's filling that need. So I always love to look at like past relationships, romantic ones or platonic ones like you've had with this lifelong friend that's really like no longer in your life. It's like, okay, that was really filling a need that you had from like whatever unhealed part of you. Mm -hmm. And once you learned it and it ran its course, it was a lot easier to walk away. Right. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to
0: talk about you now. But you know, not me. That's just me asking for a friend of course
1: yeah I know you brought some questions I did bring some questions Let's go um cause
0: I well I was my eyes were opened to the fact that not every single person in this world is monogamous when I met you yeah
1: what was your first okay So like... I know I was like
0: I didn't know people like did, I thought this was like a, like a movie thing like people just do this in the movies like, yeah you know, they like talk <laughs> about it
1: what movies you watch not movies but like
0: non-monogamy something more of like taboo entertainment right. rather than like reality like Real. Yeah,
1: I'm trying to remember how we even, how did we tell, like, did we tell I you, did you find out?
0: Mm, I think that so you guys, well, you had like just met Lauren, like you, like like you met Lauren through that like leadership thing and then,
1: right. is that how you met her? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Pasha knew her from years and years. Oh, before. that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. But Pasha they did know her. Like, yes. They hadn't like seen each other like spoken. Yes. In, you know, six, okay. seven years. Well,
0: like, she was so coming like, around war during that time Mm -hmm. and i remember the first time it was halloween of like 2018 that was like the first time i ever saw like you lauren and Pasha like together Mm -hmm. um but before that you didn't i honestly don't know i think it was just like it happened or it was so casual or you mentioned it like oh yeah like we're open or something like right you did kind of tell me directly but not in like a weird way it was just kind of a way where you told me and then I was like, "Oh, okay, that's cool." And then it didn't really hit me till I went home, and I was like, "Wait, what? Wait, <laughs> okay, so they're married, but they still see other people." Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: okay, cool, right? Whatever. And then like I kind of just moved on, like which you were with us for a minute before we met Lauren. So I'm wondering if like. It just wasn't around you. Like it was, we, wasn't around. Yeah, like if we went to a party or no. like brought somebody home, like you never knew about it. No, no, no. I yeah. only
0: I only really knew, I think, like kind of because of Lauren. Right. And because like you guys were in a relationship. Yeah. So for me, it was like, oh, they're like all in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Like, Makes sense. I mean, because we were very private. Up until yeah. that point anyway. Up until that
0: point. Yeah. So I'm not sure if you had like mentioned it before, but I don't think you did. I think it just kind of happened and I
1: was like, okay. Like, yeah, right, like, so then you see us with Lauren. Yeah, so then I see you with. Like, oh, I see Pasha
0: with Lauren. I think they're literally like kissing or something. And I was like, that was the first time I'd actually seen like
1: yeah
0: him being physical with somebody else besides you. Um, and I was kind of like, okay, like all right yeah well, and that was no, really it. no real reaction no real reaction
1: because it, it's LA and, and I you know like my hippie bosses you know my hippie bosses and, you know, hippie bosses and they're vegan me. and they're you know
0: fucking other people like whatever cool I love that for you um, but that was the first time and I just I don't know I'm very like I'm not judgy and I just mm-hmm. don't like I know that I knew that that was something people did yeah. it wasn't like I didn't know people had these kinds of relationships I just never knew anybody right in one
1: all right yeah Yeah. so so non-monogamy in the wild
0: non-monogamy in the wild because like one of the topics i had you know mentioned was m- so much of this like romanticizing monogamy mm. and not even like romanticizing it in the sense i guess I, me- I meant more of like seeing that as the norm and like really there's like an interesting tiktok i saw and i think that your friends um the Dana and
1: uh, oh Dana and the Wolf Dana and the Wolf yeah I had them on the show I love their the reels they're couples. so funny they're oh, so funny I
0: love it yeah um, it's so funny. It's funny Um, but they have reposted something like um a girl being like oh well you know you can't be friends like just this just the instillment of monogamy and being jealous mm-hmm. of other people from like the the job Right. From the second we're on the playground and mm-hmm. Timmy is playing with, you know, Lisa and Susan. Right. You can only play with one, you know. Or like if, you know, in a, in a that romantic being the setting. Ideal. That being the ideal mm-hmm. of like this kind of, um, monoc- like, that's yeah. the standard. That's the golden standard for, for people. Heteronormative. Like, only two genders. Like, mm-hmm. that very, like, I think which is now a traditional not traditional conservative way of thinking right I guess I would say mm-hmm. um but I think there's also so much like jealousy tied around that that people don't even realize like
1: you mm-hmm. know monogamy
0: for people is you know like for me it's like it's great you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: I do with it what I will but sometimes seeing it from like a different angle I guess like when when you're not used to that yeah is like oh my god that's that's weird yeah, and you're totally. To, but like, okay, it's weird for you. It's not weird for them. Right.
1: But that's what we do as people. Yes. Like, and that's the ego. Like, okay, what is the, what is the norm for me should right. be the norm for the world. Right. Boom, hit my mic. Um, <laughs> and I, th- I think like as we grow and evolve as a society, we're like waking up from that. And we're, we might be at the cutting edge of it. But it is, it is romanticized in a way where it's the ideal. And people see it as this like very successful thing that when you do it right there will be like no issues and it's the norm yes and it it will be easy correct all of these things and it's just so not true like one of the main questions that I get or what people bring up to me and I was just like traveling um you know Southeast Asia and I went to this retreat center in Thailand Mm -hmm. for I don't know I was there for a week and so I was meeting all these new people and it just kept coming up to the point where like day four, I'm like, I'm not bringing up the podcast because it brings up, you know, everyone's like, what do you do? Yeah. Uh, brings up too much of a conversation because everyone's like, what? It is the the con- Yeah. Like it's the whole
0: conversation.
1: That, because I don't, I feel like I don't meet many new people nowadays. Yeah. Like I kind of have like my my circle, my community, whatever, and everyone knows. So, other than this show, I'm not like constantly explaining. Do them you now. ever feel hypothetically if I was asking for a friend? Do you, do you ever feel
0: like not to be hard, like a like a circus monkey? Like, do you ever feel like by by saying something and people like like oh my god, like how do you like
1: yes. I could never like yeah. It's like bitch, like the, it's, it's on me, it's on my whole life, yeah, like you know. Don't, they don't realize that they're making you, or not making you, but kind of like relating to you then as such like an other. Like, like, like as if like I was like, isolate, oh, I'm you. actually a crystal inside. Yeah. Like, like it that people will think of you as so different. So different. So, yeah, just kind of like not of this world, because this world to everybody is monogamy. That's great for you, but I could never do that. Right. I could never let my partner. Like the moment someone let, says that. The yeah, let. Yeah, that like, sentence. I'm like, well, that is a reflection of the fact that you believe that you own your partner. Right. Um. Yeah. Which is so
0: funny because with monogamy and I feel like with with um, being poly like you guys are, there's still difficulties in every relationship. For sure. Like, does not matter whether you're sleeping with one person or you have the ability to sleep with others? Like, mm-hmm. there's still always going to be... Some some kind of issues. Yeah. So the uh, the root of whatever those problems are, I, and at least for like a lot of couples, and I feel like the disconnect in a lot of couples can be like not feeling like they can be themselves. Mm. And for me, that was a really big thing was like not finding anybody that just like unapologetically let me be myself. Yeah. And that's why I was single for so long.
1: This is like one of the main points that I always try to share with people who are monogamous to... Think about the principles of non-monogamy and what it takes to have a healthy, Mm -hmm. consensual, you know, non-monogamous relationship and apply that to non-monogamy. Start actually telling your partner about your innermost thoughts when it comes to other people, Mm -hmm. right? And that might be uncomfortable at first, but kind of denying the fact that you have an attraction to somebody or a crush or got turned on by an experience... That didn't involve your partner, right. whether it was with other people or even like a show or porn, whatever it is, constantly keeping that to yourself and feeling like you can't share it will erode your own like confidence, self esteem, right. and your relationship. Because what happens is you're denying this part of yourself that's your own hum- humanity. It's just hum- being human. And you create kind of this like distance. Because there's this whole side of you that they don't know. And maybe you're you know, afraid they're going to be jealous, or mm-hmm. they're going to be hurt, or just going to be hard. But imagine what that does after like 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's one of the main factors why people just grow apart and don't know each other. And then there's a lot of like shame that comes with that. Shame loves secrecy. So then you have to hide even more. Exactly. And... I think that if monogamous people would just be open to sharing that stuff alone, it would do wonders for their relationship because then you get comfortable in the space of like, okay, like I'm working on my jealousy now. If I know you're attracted to somebody that you work with Mm -hmm. rather than keep it a secret and then breed that secrecy, Mm -hmm. which then has shame, right? And then more secrecy because it's like a little spiral. It's like a little cycle, yeah now I know and now we can get comfortable with it we can work with it maybe we start bringing that into like the bedroom and dirty talking about it like mm-hmm. you know I think a lot oh, of went there yes it's, <laughs> it's true that's actually like one of the main things and I don't think I've ever shared this on here but like the inception of our non-monogamy I always say like well and I, you know we had this accidental threesome which was true but before that happened we kind of committed to each other from day one. Like he moved in from the jump, and I was like, I never want to hide any part of myself because I came out of a relationship with a ton of shame, secrecy, and infidelity mm-hmm. on my partner's part. And he was like, same. Like, let's just like if you're attracted to somebody, tell me. There was no like open. I don't think any of us really knew what any of us, there's two of us, non monogamous. Right? Yes. But we were like, okay, cool. I'm going to tell you. Yeah. And he would tell me and I would tell him. And then I was like, well, it kind of turns me on. And then we would talk about like all of these things in the bedroom that were very non-monogamous. Which led to your healthy relationship, I feel like. Right. You know. And three months later, threesome.
0: Boom. (laughs) Boom. Boom. Threesome.
1: Just (laughs) like that. So, I, yeah, I think that this, I mean, to like bring it back to the mononormativity, if you're going to be monogamous, amazing. Do it consciously. Choose it like work on yourself and owning who you are and like giving that whole part to your partner like Mm -hmm. all all the pieces of you
0: well it's just communication is a huge issue for a lot of people Mm -hmm. in friendships and relationships and at work like whatever and like I think we have this uh we at least I used to do this thing where I'm like, I don't want to tell you because I don't want to hurt your feelings. Mm-hmm. Or I don't want to say this because it's the, the, like I might have this outcome, which is like taking away something from the person, which is yes. you basically saying you're not strong enough to handle this.
1: Mm-hmm. If I tell you. It's also over-functioning because now you're making yourself responsible for their reaction to your truth. Yes. Which is something I think a lot of us do because of like, how we were raised or how we needed to like emotionally regulate around our parents who had no idea what they were doing probably and so I learned this in therapy that's why I'm using this like terminology but mm-hmm. she was like you're constantly over because I would try to micromanage the information that was shared when I was younger so that I could manage everyone's feelings and reactions which is impossible impossible <coughs> I and mean, it's kind of what we were even talking about earlier but it's true you If you really love somebody and you want to, like, hold them to their greatest, let them decide how they want to handle the information. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you're also taking away a growth opportunity.
0: Exactly. You're just taking away an experience from, like, bettering yourself and your partner, you know? Yeah. Whatever that is. Yeah. By, like, not being open and communicating.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. All right, lovers. Well, that was an incredible episode. We shared so much and you got to kind of go back on a little journey through time and hear about uh, the, the OG Jess and Pasha opening up through the eyes of Alexis. Um, we have so much more to share that we're going to give you a part two next week. So stay tuned for more of this baddie. Um, and I wanted to remind you that I'm traveling. So if you want to hear me speak or book me for an event, it doesn't matter the size. I love to do intimate salons in someone's living room. Or we can rent a venue and have a workshop all about non-monogamy and relating. If you want to meet other polyamorous people in your hood. This is how we start growing the community and I would love to have you be part of it. So don't hesitate to reach out and as always, I will see you next week.